Versus Lens. This is Andrew Pritchard, your host, and I'm here with the lovely Alice Rackham. Hi, guys. How are you, Alice? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah? Well, uh, we have a really weird combination today in our episode. We're going to be analyzing the Blade, I'm sorry, Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott, to the book, Do Androids Sleep of Electric... No, Do do Andrews... Andrews. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I think the big question that they're going to want to know now is, Do Androids (laughs) Dream of Electric Sheep? It's hard to say, kind of. Do do androids dream of no, electric do sheep? Andrews. Do Andrews dream of electric sheep? Uh, I think you can at least answer one. I can speak for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't speak for all Andrews across the world. Um, I've never bothered to ask myself if the sheep that I'm dreaming about are electric. I don't know how to tell the difference between an electric sheep and a and a. I regular. did. I did promise not to throw you under the bus, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> sometimes you, you, in your sleep, murmur electric sheep. <laughs> well, so I think the answer is yes. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know. What could possibly like? What is in my subconscious that that comes out as electric sheep in the middle of the night? Your dad. You think so? Daddy issues. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess uh, instead All of right. psychoanalyzing me in my dreams. Um, so, uh, moving on. The book in the... <laughs> and from my understanding... The, moving on. Away from uh, that. Um, the book and the movie are pretty similar in narrative. Um, I know the book was written by Philip. K something. Philip K. Dick. You couldn't remember the word dick. Couldn't remember that word. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Philip K. Dick. Uh, so <laughs> this is Ridley Scott's like second big film. He did Alien before this. And everyone was super excited in 1982 for this movie to come out. It starred Harrison Ford. And they were like, yes, it's going to be a, a new kind of Star Wars take. And then it came out and everyone was uh, pretty disappointed all around. It was critically panned, um, and then the studio stepped in and said, this movie, uh, no one understands it, no one gets it, we think your writing is terrible, and we think our audience is stupid, so we're going to force Harrison Ford into a voiceover booth and make him do voiceover for the entire movie. That's um, Blade Runner? Mm-hmm, yeah. So it sucks, so you've got your, you set yourself so, up for failure? No, 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 it's, Blade Runner, the story of the movie is, is actually more interesting to me than that comparing it to the sound. book. Oh. But, like, the story of, of the making of the film and what it's been through, I mean, like, it's, it's such a polarizing, um, uh, sort of film, like, some people think it's the greatest sci-fi movie of all time, it's in AFI's top 100 films. Some people think it's the worst thing that ever happened. Um, Harrison Ford was rumored to hate Ridley Scott and the entire film. Um, and when they pulled him in for the voiceover sessions, it's also rumored that he just phoned it in because he thought it was terrible voiceover. That does not sound like something Harrison Ford would do. So, <laughs> so you know, he actually never spoke about it. You can never get an interview from him until 2002 when uh, they released a third cut of the movie, and then on the uh, Blu-ray DVD uh, special features, they released an interview with him where he spoke about his experience with the film and how, you know, everything's sort of blown over by now. But there's there's a three and a half, 
hour documentary about the making of this film. Which, Did you watch it? Um, I've watched a little bit of it, and it's pretty interesting. It puts a lot of things into perspective, but I expect no one else to sit through this three and a half hour documentary. That about doesn't sound like a really movie. good business model for the documentary. It's for it's just for because it became just a cult classic. It's for those really hardcore fans. That would you consider yourself a hardcore Blade Runner fan? Um, oh, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the uh, Tina from Bob's Burgers. Uh, 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 so, um, so as far as far as the book goes, they sort of. They sort of analyze the same themes in a little bit. I know Deckard, who is our main character, played by Harrison Ford. They're different. The book version and the movie are different. The oh, okay. Cool. I mean, they're, they're, no, I mean, they're the same character, but they are, um, they do different things. That's, uh, that's, that's good to hear. He's apparently a bounty hunter, but he retired in the, in the movie. That's I right. I Harrison Ford was in this. Maybe I'm thinking of Blade. <laughs> that's, a, that's a vampire hunter movie. That's what I was thinking. Wesley I was Snipes. like, I don't understand how this is anything close to. Why didn't we do that movie? <laughs> because we can't. That's true. Um, no, no, no. So what? I think the interesting concept. I think what the cult. I think that that hardcore following. What they enjoy about this movie is um, is the uh, sort of. Um, aspects of human nature uh, that it brings up as to what does it mean to be a human because these uh, robots uh, who are in the book are called androids in the movie they're called replicants uh, because Ridley because people are too stupid to know what an android is Ridley Scott thought the word android was too silly and people would laugh at it when it came out of the actor's mouth so they that changed was his it. problem yeah that was his issue so they changed the replicants um, and sort of the the Throughout both the book and the movie, they, they're, they're talking about, you know, what is it that makes us human? Because the replicants are, uh, when they're made, they're given memories, and they're fake memories from other people, but they think that they're their own. And then the replicants, uh, the other theme that it brings up is uh, class, class issues, because the replicants are the modern-day slave. And they're not allowed to come to Earth. They're on other planets like doing a lot of hard Star. work. Yeah, it's very similar. And Edward James almost is in this movie. What? So, like, General Adama, uh, excuse me, Admiral Adama was uh, getting ready for his blast off into space. Did you watch the prequel? To. Uh, yeah, well, there was Capricorn, and then there was also his, what was it called? Um, oh, you know Blood and about? Chrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, watch that? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen them all, actually, yeah. Yeah. I you have. watch Capricorn? I didn't. I didn't watch all of Caprica. There's not much of Caprica. Yeah, it's only one season, right? Oh, it was like abrupt. It was you can tell too. It was really abruptly canceled. They were like, um, "This is terrible." It wasn't aimed for the same audience, and I think that threw everybody. It was aimed for me. It was aimed yeah. for girl women who uh, would maybe kind of enjoy Battlestar, but they weren't sure about mm-hmm. it. So you got kind of the human story before it. And I loved Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Like, I, I absolutely bought right into it. It was like West Wing in space. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, That's a perfect way of describing it. Thank you. You're welcome. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we went on a... Uh, yeah, sorry about that. We were going down... <laughs> but it was also... You there. mentioned... I'm looking at... at uh, you, you had mentioned before um, that it's also like Ex Machina. And uh, yes, you're correct. It has yes. a lot of those themes, too. So I would think it would be safe to say that it is well within the 
current human psyche to be afraid of robots. Speaking of, do you see that cheetah robot that, like, jumps over things? Robots are kind of a thing of mine. <laughs> like, I'm deeply oh, no. afraid of robots. Oh, no. But also fascinated. <laughs> do okay, so, like, on level of... Of, of terrifiedness of robots. Mm-hmm. Cheetah one robots being are pretty like, low. One being like Roomba and ten <laughs> being like Skynet. Where is your fear of, of the cheetah robot? Of the cheetah robot. It's it's closer to Roomba, I think. It's okay. probably like a, a three. I don't think it can quite do anything yet, but it's really oddly graceful. Oh, it is? Here, wait. Let's I haven't seen it. Guys, we're going to uh, look up this cheetah robot. cheetah robot while you enjoy us uh, looking at it. This is something that I really think is kind of cool. MIT reveals how its military funded cheetah robot can jump over obstacles on its own. Interesting. Oh, it's oh, an ad. We'll wait. Uh, it's something actually that I think is really cool. Like, military, it's happened all the time since, you know, the dawn of whenever military happened. But the military funds these really technologically cool and very advanced things. So, wait, here it is. I don't know that sound will help you. Wow, but. okay. So it's not attractive. No, it's not at all. It's a headless... But, but it does this on its own. It detects the obstacle oh, and wow. jumps. So this is in slow-mo, obviously. There's a 2D laser sensor and a picture of a cheetah. In the background to sort of, <laughs> sort of show you what it's uh, replicating. There. Ooh, look, math! <laughs> it's so interesting. Very funny. Oh, and we're basically Kara watching. Would love this. I know. She show us the character. Yeah, we've seen it. Um, uh, you're, we're basically watching a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, guys, it's you're not missing. Whoa! That is the sound of the cheetah robot running. That's terrifying. Look at the Wow. See? That's pretty neat. I know. So, guys, I guess. Uh, well, this actually, movie, if that was coming full force at me, that would be more like a six. In yeah, terms of it looked pretty terrible. Even the noise it makes right. is pretty uh, intimidating. Yeah. Well, this movie does take place in 2020, so we are only four years away from this dystopian future where uh, Los Angeles is a disgusting... Hey, guys, I got an email. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disgusting place where uh, uh, the only thing that lights it anymore because the sun is super dim in this dystopian future is the... Uh, hot air balloons that are sort of like spitting advertisements at you. It's that's actually the one the one thing that is really enjoyable about this film. This it, it's sort of advertisements. No, no, no. Like the lighting, the neo noir sort of uh, genre was. That's kind the of one thing you like. Solidified and created in this movie. I mean, this was 1982. This was before this. It was Star Wars, and then sci-fi was you know people shooting at each other with vacuum cleaners, wearing like white jumpsuits. So. This sort of solidified what neo-noir is into the detective, you know, Harrison Ford is like this hard-boiled detective, mm. and a lot of Maltese Falcon sort of references, or you can see the similarities between that and this. Um, the other cool part that I thought... Uh, you know, I used to get the Millennial Falcon and the Maltese Falcon all squashed together in my head. Oh, man. I bet Harrison <laughs> Ford has a hard time, too, keeping it straight. Yeah. Maybe that's why I hated this movie so much. Because it reminded him, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but one of the actors playing... This is uh, just facts about the movie. Well, these are things that I found really cool. All right. Uh, the, one of the replicants, like, the, the sort of iconic monologue that happens in this movie, um, and I'm sure you've heard it before, even if you don't know what the reference is to, is um, all these things are lost in time, like tears in the rain. 
that was that comes from this movie, and it's said by one of the replicants when he's being um, questioned by Harrison Ford. And the line it's itself, like tears in the rain, because it's raining while they're no, talking. I understand yeah. what tears yeah. in the rain would be, but that just sounds like someone's like late high school poetry final. <laughs> well, the the thing is, is that it was improvised. Like it was a whole thing, and now it's the the thing that everyone seems to remember about this film because they were laughing at it. No, because it was very beautiful. It's a really beautiful monologue. Fine. You, should, you should. You should. I'll show it to you. All right. Um, but yeah, so guys, we're only four years away from this, and, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about replicants. We know how Alice feels about robots. It's terrifying. But, uh... We're all gonna die. I guess the question still stands. Do androids dream of electric sheep? I hope so. Think so. I mean, I hope so. Uh, as far as the book versus the movie, I think the, the movie takes such liberal points with the book that it's hard to kind of compare. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of where I bumped it to because the book, the it's just a short story and they still stripped it down. So obviously they had to add a bunch of different stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's not really, um, they're very different. Yeah. The, the very basic, you know, I character name is the same. The very basic, like there are robots. It's right. the same. <clears throat> But it doesn't seem to really... It's hard to compare the two. Um, and I know there's not a lot of, like, detective noir elements in the book. And then Ridley yeah. Scott was like, I like to make my genres confusing. And that's sort of, like, what stood him out at what the time. What else did he but, do, Gladiator? Well, before this, yeah. he's. I mean, I love his films. He's done Gladiator. Um, his most recent one was Exodus of Gods, uh, Gods and Kings. <gasps> the Moses story that came out last year. Okay. Um, he's done, uh, Kingdom of Heaven, but before this he did Alien, and that put him on the map, uh, when he took a sci-fi he's movie and made it a the mysterious life-threatening film. dust in your, in the movie? A life, I don't think so. Life-threatening dust? No. Dust is terrifying. That does sound terrifying. <laughs> um, no, that's not the movie at all. Maybe, um, it has something to do with how polluted the Is there Los anything Angeles about is. sheep? No. No. No, the whole the whole idea is instead of them dreaming, they have they have like these memories. And then they, when they find out that the memories oh, are fake, oh, oh. Right, right, right. that's kind of when they go crazy. So the yeah, go ahead. In the in the book there's a I don't know, B plot or whatever about how animals are highly prized. So electric sheep would Oh, yes. It? Yeah, so that is something in the movie it is. like okay. uh, Harrison Ford shows up to um, uh, the the big corporation Tyrell and meets um, like, Mr. Like Tyrell. Marjorie? Like, like Marjorie Tyrell. Like, Correct. Like Just Lord like Tyrell. I know. I was I was gonna try not <laughs> to say it, but um and they have uh he meets his like secretary and they have an electric owl sort of flying through the lobby. And she's like Delivering do you, messages? Do you, do you like our owl? And he's like, Oh, is it real? Delivering like, messages? <laughs> To Privet Drive? Um, I don't think so. We are just cramming every reference. This is the only one we're going to do. We've got Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. I don't uh, know. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar. We don't need to do any more of these. We yeah, have guys. quoted our nerd limit. Yeah, for sure. This is it. This is it. This is as much as you get it. So I guess... Yeah. Yeah, let's just sort of um, put it together and, and agree that the book is better. 
Did you like the movie? Um, I, you know what? It's a, like I said, it's very polarizing and I do like some things about it, but it's, uh, maybe it's my attention span, but I do lose interest at a certain point in the movie. And um, how long is it? Ridley Scott movies are long. Yeah, they're long. His, his very first cut when he showed it was four hours, just like everything he does. But so what happened is when it released in theater and they did the voiceover, like Ridley Scott hated it. And then in 19, no, no, no. Yeah, sometime in the 90s, they were like, okay, fine. We'll release you a director's cut. We'll take out your voiceover and we'll give you a different ending. And he's like, okay, great. And then they did some of the things he asked. And he goes, this isn't approved by me. And then they released it anyway, saying, this is the director's cut. (laughs) And then in 2002, he finally got his say when they released a final, it's actually called The Final Cut, uh, Blade Runner, where he, everything in that take is completely approved by him. So and thousands of torrenters accidentally download Final Cut Pro looking <laughs> for this Final Cut. <laughs> exactly. You should release a four-hour version of one of our episodes. You think so? Oh my god! <laughs> that would be a lot of uh, just hearing Nathan whistle <laughs> and <laughs> and like camera change it, like zooming in and out. Yeah, just like messing with just man. nonsense. So much nonsense is cut out of these episodes. Um. But anyways, I think the movie's better. I'm going to have to say right. with, without... Uh, right. So I guess we'll let them uh, decide. Yeah, guys, it's a short story, so you can definitely read it quickly and decide that the book is better. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I... Like, I've lost one or two of these that are just inexplicable to me. Like... What do you mean? One or two of the, the Pen vs. Lens podcasts, they oh. picked... Oh, so many... They picked your thing, and I was like, what, did you listen? What?! <laughs> I have a feeling, I mean, you know... It's I think they very... just want to see someone in a costume. <laughs> Maybe not the best. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wonderful. Uh, I did forget about that, so, too. Yeah, so if you guys... So, yeah, that's uh, that's how it goes. If you guys like the book better, then I will dress up as someone from the film. And if you like the I think film the better, book is just... I think the book is more faithful to what the to author itself. wanted. <laughs> <laughs> they're just... They're so different. I don't know how... Yeah, I mean... You know? Yeah. Because, like, the themes of the book are things like robot... I don't know. I mean, I know they're in yours, but it Right, like, the class like... struggle is still in the book, and they're treated as... Yeah. So, so yeah, then we can put it that way. Whichever one you... Whichever medium you thought nailed the themes, the, sto- the mm. sort of overall... Uh, uh, message of this story home, then... Um, wow, this is really not one. Blade... Yeah, no, it's not. She's actually looking at the poster for the first time. I apologize, guys. I should have shown her some sort of art of the movie before we did I watched this. that movie and I was really confused <laughs> the whole time. Um, uh, at the end, do they find a toad? An electric they toad? They do not. They find, So there's this origami thing in the movie where he finds a... Oh, my gosh. I think it's a unicorn. It's a unicorn little origami statue that's Well, that's obviously store. not real. And then, the, yeah, well, then there's, like, this whole thing. Is Deckard himself a replicant? And Ridley Scott mm. has, has let, like, let that sort of All thrive right. and has never answered that question. So there's some, so there's some extra stuff in the... Uh, is it his wife in it? No, his wife is not in uh, it. He actually cut, falls in love with a replicant. The only female character. I know. Just gone. Actually, um, one of the greatest thing I did, greatest things I've done in a while. After I watched this movie, I YouTubed um, uh, a, a film review of it from 1982, 
1982? Didn't it come out in 92? No, it came out in 82. Oh, it came out in 82. Um, and it was Roger Ebert and some other critic, and they... Siskel? Ha- yes. <laughs> really? And, yes. Siskel and Ebert are like the two most famous... <laughs> Thank you. And uh, they hated this movie. They hated it so much, and they were trying to find an angle to talk about and love it, and the only thing they could really talk about was Harrison Ford's... Uh, the love story that is like in this movie between Harrison Ford's character Deckard and one of the replicants. It's like all they had. And it's like, this movie is not a romantic comedy or it's a, not, not about romance at all. It's like, they totally just missed the whole point. Um, I'm sure they understood. It was kind of comical to watch though. All right. So read the book, watch the movie, watch the three hour documentary, watch Cicely and Ebert and then get back to us with what you think. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You have some homework. Get started. Yes. So the so do what uh, tweet it um, at Ann Pritchard if you liked the movie and tweet at the Alice Rackham if you like the book, and we'll count your votes and then we'll take an awesome picture. Oh. Yes. How are we gonna do that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.